This WebmasterRadio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. Today's forecast calls for 6 to 12 inches and temperatures will only be in the teens overnight, so bundle up and... Imagine, you're planning your end-of-year reports, planning for next year. What are you going to do to monetize more in 2011? We're going to have clear and sunny skies with a perfect day of weather for everyone coming to AFCON 2010. Warm up your marketing strategies this December in our winter oasis for affiliate marketers. AFCON 2010 Florida, December 8th through 10th at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort in Aventura, Florida. Sign up now at AFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Traffic. Leads. Money. Want to learn what it takes to drive truckloads of targeted traffic, convert the highest percentage of leads, and make the most money? Welcome to the Internet Marketing Radio Show that exposes the latest methods, systems, and strategies that actually work in today's online environment. Get the unbiased truth from real marketers, industry pioneers, and trendsetters. Traffic leads money. Now here's your host. Welcome one and all. This is Traffic Leads Money and I'm your host Ken Walker. Here to cut through all the hype and get some real knowledge of what works in internet marketing today. Now listen, permission-based email marketing campaigns are hot. We all know that the money's in the list, right? So what better source could I find for you than the director of education marketing himself for one of the biggest permission-based email services on the planet. We're talking to Justin Premick of AWeber. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on today. Great. I want to kind of just cut right to the chase here. What could help my listeners, because here, here's one problem that I'm seeing a little bit of, my colleagues are talking about it, um, what's something in your position that you could offer as, as a way of advice that could help my listeners to increase their open rates for their emails? Uh, well, I mean, I think the, increasing the open rate for an email uh, really starts well before you send that email. You've got to start thinking about, you know, number one, why are people going to be expecting that email from you and what is it that they're going to be getting out of that? Yeah, a lot of times people look to take the shortcut for increasing their response rates, you know, opens, clicks, whatever it happens to be. But ultimately, if for something long-term and sustainable, you need to start at the acquisition point in your email campaign and start looking at you know, how you're collecting those subscribers and what you're telling them when they sign up. I mean, what I found to be the strongest correlation between something I do and the success that I have down the road in my metrics is how clearly I'm communicating and setting expectations from the outset of that email campaign. I, I try whenever possible to tell people things like, okay, this is the information you're going to get. This is how often you're going to hear from me. This is what the email is going to look like. This is the address it's going to come from. This is the name it's going to come from. Here's a few examples of past ones that you can check out to see what sort of benefit you're going to be getting out of them. 
and really get them in a position where they're looking for emails from you, just like they look for emails from you know, personal contacts or anybody else whose email they particularly value. So it's not saying, you're, in other words, you're saying it's not some special magic trick as far as uh, who it's from or what's in the subject line, but it's just letting them know, hey, I'm going to be emailing you and expect it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and particularly over time, it, what's going to influence that as well. And eventually this can get to the point where they see it's from you and they know that they want to open it, but you have to deliver that value and you have to get them in the habit of knowing that there's something in your email worth taking a look at and get them in the habit of opening that because that's going to lead to them doing that in the future. Yeah, because it's not so much like I have uh, I have some colleagues of mine. I'm not going to name any names, but um, they they kind of subscribe to the theory of uh, maybe trying tricky stuff with the subject or whatever. But I mean, it just boils down to just give them really good content that they want to get right, and then they're going to open the email. Yeah, absolutely true. Now, the, the tricky stuff, as you say, that might work on a one-off basis, but what's the cost of that? You know, a lot of times people only look at one side of the email equation. They say, okay, I sent this email. I made this much money. Okay, fine, but how many subscribers did you lose? How much is it right. going to cost you to replace them? How much is it going to cost you to build up whatever goodwill or trust you sacrifice there for those couple sales? There's a cost side to sending an email as well, even if it doesn't really cost you much of anything to physically send it. There's a cost there, and you have to think about that. So I'm not a big fan of the short-term, you know, tricky, whatever you want to call it, sort of uh, marketing approach. Yeah, I got you. What about using personalization? What are what are you all finding with that? Is it, uh, you know, is it really more beneficial to personalize? It can be. Uh, I think that's something that you test. But I also look at it like personalization is nothing new. People know it exists that you put somebody's name into an email message and it's not going to blow them away in most cases and make them think that you're talking to them on a one-on-one -on -one basis if they know they mm -hmm. signed up for an email list. So yeah. it, it's not something where I think the effect is enormous, but it's something where in some types of messages it may work particularly well. Uh, so I think that's something that you split test on an ongoing basis and you start to draw your own conclusions about whether for your audience it makes sense to do something like that. Yeah, I know on occasion I still do get replies. People say, hey, thanks, Ken. I can't believe you actually wrote me back. Um, although that is more and more rare. I think, like you said, people are kind of aware of it and they kind of expect it. Um, what about, I'm going to give you a chance to give me a sales pitch here. I signed up with Aweber um, years ago when it was the flat rate, right? Uh, for however many subscribers that you had. What am I missing out on? What are you missing out on with uh, Aweber today? Yeah, oh. if I was to, if I like, I opted not to switch. You know, when it was a, you could you could switch over to the new platform, the new model, whatever it is, uh, per subscriber kind of stuff, and there was some analytics or stuff. But to be honest, like I never even followed up on it. I was just like, uh, I just want to keep my plan the way it is. So sure. what what am I missing out on? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, the first thing that you're missing out on is what you refer to as the analytics or it's what we call our email analytics. And what that is, is that that's a series of not only reports, but uh, segmentation options that give you a chance to really increase the value of your email campaigns and increase the revenue that you drive from them. You know, you're going to be able to do a number of different things that you could not do with the prior version that you had set up. And some of those things would be things like look at people who did or did not open a particular message and then segment them out, group them, and send an email only to those people. 
So maybe you have a message that went out and you take a look a week later and you say, okay, well, I sent this to 5,000 people and these 2,200 people you know, opened the message and these other you know, 2,800 didn't. Well, I want to send something else to these 2,800 who didn't open the message because they really they might be missing out on something or you know, maybe there's a deadline that's coming up for something. There's an offer that's expiring and I want to make sure that they had a chance to take a look at that. And so you send an email message out to them that you know is obviously worded differently, has some different content in there, and mm-hmm. and takes a different approach toward uh, toward getting them to open and read that message. That's just one very simple thing that you can do with this. It certainly goes a lot further than that. You can start looking at things like how much revenue your email messages are driving. We can track where on your website individual subscribers are going. You're going to be able to see who's visiting which pages of your site and be able to segment out your email list based on that. And so it really gives you, if you're, if you're willing to take a look at the data and determine what those different things mean, it gives you an opportunity to really increase the relevance and the value of your email campaigns. Can I automate the, the autoresponder messages based on like the criteria that you just mentioned? Um, you know, if, if, in other words, can I have a set of autoresponder messages that would go out normally, but if somebody doesn't act... A different, like it's going to do something different. It's going to, if they open it and they don't click on it, they're going to get a different second message, for example. Well, at the moment, the messages that we're talking about in the segmentation options apply strictly to broadcast messages or what okay. you call email newsletters. Uh, it's possible that we'll be adding that to autoresponders, but that's not something that's currently uh, being done. It's currently for email newsletters and broadcasts. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So let's say, let's deal with a little bit the subject line. Let's say I send out an email. Is there something that I need to be concerned about with that subject line as far as what's going to actually show up in different email clients? Well, generally speaking, you know, subject line length that's going to be available is going to vary from email client to email client. There's actually a really cool free tool from a company called Litmus that will show you in different environments how large your email subject line is, how much of it will show up in different uh, mail clients. And so that's definitely worth uh, checking out. I believe it's litmusapp.com is the website for that. Um, but I'll make sure I get you the link for that uh, after the show uh, since we're talking about it here. Um, but so that's a very good tool uh, that you can use to check out that. But in general, I mean, subject lines get the most important stuff at the beginning of the subject line so that everybody sees it or that as many people as possible see it. And other than that, I mean, individual subject lines are certainly going to affect whether somebody opens your message. But the first thing people are going to look at, even before they look at the subject line, is who it's from. And that really goes back to what we were talking about before, about getting people in the habit of recognizing that your emails are something that they absolutely do want to open. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, let's take a quick break. My guest today is Justin Premick of AWeber. When we, when we get back, I want to ask Justin about conversion rates that we should target, uh, what's, what's a good average open rate. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Give your bank account a boost. More traffic, leads, money when we return. $250,000 in cash prizes and all year long revenue share is what you can win when you enter the 2010 Internet Marketing World Cup competition. 
All competitors are rigorously screened to ensure the best competition and the best possible results. Before you tell others how to make it work for them, prove that your system actually works. Build your reputation in the competition that puts your system to the test and proves you are the best of the best. Sign up at www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. That's www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. Registration ends soon, so put your system to the test today. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Time to drive more traffic, leads, money. Here's your host. Welcome back to Traffic Leads Money. My guest today is Justin Premick with AWeber.com. Justin is going to help us out. He's going to help us get more of our emails open, get them read, get them acted upon, and enlighten us with certain heretofore mystical unknown email marketing secrets. Right, Justin? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What would be, you know, let's say like we got a newbie and they sign up with a Weber and they start to build their list, right? And then they send out their, their first autoresponder message and they can tell, okay, I'm getting this many uh, emails get open and this many clicks. What, you know, they, they could freak out and go, oh my, like, 5% of the people actually clicked on it. What are some good overall, you know, I know it's it's tough because niche to niche is going to vary a lot, but um, what are some good target conversion rates for like opens and clicks? Well, I, I think starting with the first message that you're sending out with that welcome message, I, I would hope that your conversion rates would be, you know, very, or not your conversion rates, but your open and click rates on that would be very high because mm -hmm. people have just signed up. They're expressing an interest in what you have to offer. They're obviously looking for that message. If you've set expectations properly, told, told them, hey, I'm sending you this message. Go check it out. Here's what's in it for you. You know, I, I, I would expect the uh, open and click rates on that. Uh, to be very high, particularly if uh, you know if you're telling people to 
go ahead and enable images uh, since you're sending an HTML message trying to track opens there. And uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can do to try and maybe get people to turn on images. I saw one interesting email once where uh, somebody had a picture of them from a video that they were shooting or a webcast or something, and they said, if you can't see the goofy-looking picture of me up above, make sure you turn on the images in this email. So that's yeah. you know, one way to provide a little bit of incentive there. But it's, it's really important to keep two things in mind. I mean, number one, open rates are not the best metric to use. It's a useful metric, but it's a comparative thing, and it's based on images, and people can have images turned off, or they can be scrolling through emails in their preview pane. It, it doesn't always tell you with you know, maybe the accuracy or the confidence that you'd want how well your message did. I like to use click rates. I, I like to see what are people doing with my email. You know, try to give people something to do with each of those messages, you know, whether it's go, you know, take a look at a product page that you have or go read an article that you've posted on your website or go check something else out. You know, get them from the inbox onto wherever you want the rest of your sales process to happen, whether that's you know, your uh, sales page, whether it's a video that's on your website, whatever it is. You know, email is just what starts that process. You know, it, it's a touch point, but it doesn't have to be where everything happens. I mean, you can't order something directly in an email. You, know, you can learn about something and then go to a website and put in your credit card information and do all of that there. But that, at least as of right now, with the way email technology works, that's not something that happens in the email client itself. You need to get to the website to do that. So I look at click-through rates. I track that much more closely than open rates. Open rates are useful for comparing messages that are sent relatively close to each other in time as a sort of relative measure of, okay, this one got more attention than this other one did. <laughs> gotcha. What, what about getting video to play right in your email? When are you guys going to do that? <laughs> that's, uh, that's very much not up to us. I'd love to say that that's going to happen in the near future, but uh, that would uh, depend on AOL and Yahoo and Comcast and Earthlink and Verizon. Oh, that, would, that would be so cool GTL. to put a video right there. I, I thought I did see somebody one time that uh, said that they offered that, but I, I didn't ever... I, I've heard different companies talking about offering that technology, and at least in the email industry, it's still very much something that's considered, okay, yeah, maybe someday. It, there All are right. companies out there that claim to have agreements set up where you know the, this video will play in certain ISPs, and, and they're trying to expand that. My personal opinion is that, you know, number one, it's not going to happen soon, so you know, let's plan for what we can do in the meantime. And, yeah. and number two, to understand that even, you know, if and when that does happen, it's not going to happen across the board all at once. And so it, it's absolutely... So you're saying, like, you guys you guys could do it, but it's oh. it's more of an acceptance by all of the ISPs and stuff. Oh, you can, I mean, just like a web page, you can put whatever HTML you want into an email. It's just not always going to work the way you want it to on the receiving end if you start doing yeah. some of that stuff. So what I recommend to people typically is, you know, take a screenshot of your video. If you have a YouTube video... You know, go uh -huh. ahead and pause it so you get the play button up there. You know, stop it at right. the beginning of the screen. Take a screenshot of that, crop it so it's just the video player. Upload uh -huh. that to your website as an image, and then link that to the video when you send your email. Yeah, that's that's a slick trick. That way, you're, you're clicking that you know what looks like that video, that play button there, and and that's a fairly common thing. I mean, you start to see that in a lot of emails. Uh, you know, over the last it's a year and a half, uh, that's been a pretty popular thing. What are you finding? You know, somebody somebody opts in to my list, right? And then they'll go to either an Aweber, like a generic thank you page, or they're going to go to a custom one that I have created. Sure. What are you What are you finding the big marketers using 
uh, and what seems to be you know a better route? Is it better to take the time to make the custom uh, custom you know thank you page or just use the generic Aweber one? I mean, I tend to favor doing everything custom. Um, at the same time, I you got to recognize that there are obviously time constraints on people, and you have to focus on where your time and resources are best spent. The advantage to customizing everything is that you can do things that we're not going to be able to do for everybody because everyone's campaign is going to be so vastly different. Uh, you know, we provide default, relatively uh, you know, vanilla, generic uh, confirmation pages that say, "Hey, go check your inbox. There's a email coming to you." But you know, if you're the individual, you can say, hey, this is what the subject line of this email is. This is what the body of it looks like. This is who it's coming from. And when you click on the link, here's what you're going to get next. And so you really want to go do this right now. Thanks. You can put a personal you know, thank you on that. You can put your picture on it. You can put your signature on it. Do all of these things that are going to increase the likelihood that somebody turns around, heads to their inbox, and does that. Uh, so I, I greatly favor the custom pages. That said, if you don't have the time or you don't want to invest in doing that, you know, we offer a couple different options for the default pages, one of which is a video. And the way that that video works, it's actually pretty slick, is we will auto-detect based on what email address they put in and whether they're on a PC or a Mac, what it's likely to look like when they go check their inbox. So we will show them if they sign up with a Gmail address, we'll show them the video in Gmail and say, hey, look, you know, here's, oh, that's you, going, slick. here's you going into your Gmail account and finding this email. And then yeah. we can do a couple things with the video where we overlay your subject line over it. So you can say, hey, here's this email with the subject line. Go click on it. And uh, mm. and then, uh, yeah, that certainly makes it a little bit more likely. That's pretty cool. I have not seen that on uh, as an option there. But That's pretty ultimately, yeah, I, I think a custom job is going to trump that in most cases. It's certainly worth yeah. split testing. But uh, As I you can tell them, I just sent you your free four-part video series. when You have to confirm whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about, you know, I, this is killing me. I got to know, what is the biggest list that you guys are managing? What size? Oh, boy, you know, I don't even know off the top of my head. There's We've, we've had customers, a lot of our customers manage lists that are, you know, in the relatively small range. But we have a number of customers that are managing six and seven figure lists with us, you know. 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, a million subscribers. I mean, that's that's certainly not out of the question. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, great. Well, let's take another quick break here. My guest today is Justin Premick with AWeber.com. We're talking about permission-based marketing. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Give your bank account a boost. More traffic, leads, money when we return. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. 
AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia. Strong ROI made simple. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebOffer.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. The Jerry Abrams Show, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Time to drive more traffic, leads, money. Here's your host. Welcome back to Traffic Leads Money. I'm here with Justin Premick, Director of Education Marketing at AWeber.com. Justin, inside the secret AWeber headquarters, which is, where is that in? Pennsylvania? Uh, just outside of Philadelphia. Okay. So you're probably like in an underground bunker or something, right? Uh, it's a little bit better lit than that. <laughs> okay. Well, in the headquarters there, you guys probably see a lot of marketing flops, right? So sure. tell me uh, some of the common mistakes that you see a lot of you know, newbies make, or even gurus can make some mistakes too. Well, I think the number one mistake that people make, and it has to do with what everybody is really excited about, which is building their list. Everyone wants to build the list. Um, and so the mistake that I see people make is that they don't take all the opportunities that they possibly could to do that. They don't have a sign-up form on every page of their website that somebody might end up on. You, know, you might say, okay, well, I've got a sign-up form on my homepage, and that's great. But if I go to Google and I type in something related to your site, and I don't come to your homepage first, well, that form on your homepage doesn't do me a whole lot of good unless I end up there somehow. So a lot of times people just won't have sign-up forms on internal pages of their site, which is a mistake. Or maybe they'll have a really long, and I'm sure we've all seen the long sales letter style page, and they'll only have one form somewhere you know, a third of the way down. And as you know, people scroll all over those pages. They don't always read them linearly. And sometimes they, they're not going to see that one sign-up form. And so I end up telling people, okay, well, you know, why don't you put another sign-up form here? Why don't you put one down at the end of the page? You know, why don't you have maybe a uh, hover-style form or a lightbox-style form fade over the page after 15, 20, 30 seconds, however long is appropriate? And, and that's really the biggest thing is because, I mean, you know, it's, it's tough to get people to your website. You need, you know, you need to take advantage of uh, as many of those uh, potential subscribers as you can and, and get them to sign up. And 
when you don't have sign-up forms in the right place, it's hard to do that. Yeah, right. So you're saying like definitely sign-up forms above the fold, right? Above the fold, below the fold. I mean, you know, on different pages of the site, wherever you think is most appropriate to put that. Um, and there's often more than one answer to that. I mean, it, it, I don't think it's an either-or thing. You either put it above or below. I, I think you, you certainly don't want to sign up for them to be every two inches on your page. But, uh, but with that in mind, I mean, I, I think that most marketers can do better with their list building just simply by multiplying the opportunities. So, like, even if it's not a, uh, per se, a squeeze page, uh, give them the opportunity somewhere to opt in? Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes back to the basics of email marketing. Uh, and I forget who said it originally, but uh, there was a marketer who said way back when that, look, the most valuable thing you can get from your customers is not their credit card number. It's not their wallet. It's their email address because that's mm -hmm. going to start a customer relationship that you can use to increase the value of those customers over the life of that relationship. And I, I subscribe to that theory. I, I think that building an email list is the most important thing you can do for the life of your business. And when I see people not, it, and it's not even that they don't know that, just not applying that uh, practically to their own website and to their own you know, business process, you know, that, that to me is, is a flop. And so mm -hmm. and when, when you say, what flops do you see? I, I see a flop every time I see a page without a sign-up opportunity. What about, um, like, do you see any differences in asking for name and email as opposed to just email? I think that comes down to the same sort of question that you were asking about personalization before. If you think it's going to make a difference for you, then you certainly need to be able to collect that. You need to collect that name if you want to be able to try personalizing. Uh, and I think there's some usefulness to that for marketers who are building a close relationship with their subscribers. But for other people, it, it's it's not necessary. I mean, you, know, you can you can certainly use just an email address. Um, I, I think the expectations you set are a little bit different when you do that. I think asking for a name suggests that you're interested in knowing who your subscribers are. Uh, so I, I think there's some value in asking for a name, but it's not for everybody. I mean, I. I'm not particularly interested in, you know, telling, you know, you know, Target or Walmart or Home Depot, you know, what my name is just to be able to get offers from them by email. You know, yeah. I just need I just need them to be able to get them to me. You know, that yeah. if I give them my name, you know, the greeter at uh, Home Depot isn't going to go, oh, hey, Justin, thanks for getting that email last week from us. So, I mean, you have to think about what your potential customers think of you and what they expect of you. And kind of how you're going to write. If you're not ever going to use personalization, then... I asked for their name. Exactly. What's what's the point? It's not necessary if you're not going to use it. And, and and in general, that's another thing that I see some marketers, uh, you know, maybe getting a little too aggressive with data collection, and they want to know the name and the email address and the phone number and the zip code and you know, the mother's maiden name and everything else that you might need for a mortgage application. It's just not necessary, and it's going to put people off. And so I, I'm a fan of collecting the minimum amount of information that's going to help you to do your marketing effectively. Now, if you need a name to do that, great. Collect the name. Ask for a name. If you need a, a zip code for you know, something to you know, geo-target or you're just interested in finding out where people are, fine. Collect that information. But if you don't know how you're going to use it or you're not sure you're going to use it, don't ask for it because you're going to miss a subscriber or potentially many subscribers who aren't going to be comfortable giving you that. Very, very good. All right, boys and girls, we're out of time again. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. My guest has been Justin Premick, Director of Education Marketing with A. Weber. Justin, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I really appreciated it. Ken, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I did visit the A. Weber site, and I saw that you do a little skydiving. Is that true? Uh, not for a while, but I do every once in a while get out there and uh, do a little bit of adventure sports like that. Okay, so because I, I got a I got a challenge for you here. I actually met you at Affiliate Summit East mm-hmm. um, a few months ago. Um, I didn't know then that you jump out of airplanes, but at the next conference that I meet you at, make sure you've got your gear because I'm going to bring my plane and uh, we'll go up and you can jump out of it. <laughs> I certainly can't say no to that. <laughs> All right. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks to our producers for making this show happen. Thanks to my wife for putting up with me for all those months that I stayed up until 2 a.m. working on my online business. You can find us here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or anytime via on-demand playback at webmasterradio.fm or via our iTunes feed. And don't forget, past episodes are also available uh, at internetmarketingworldcup.com. For the latest information also on the competition, check us out and I'll see you next week.